The Antler Archives, brought to you by Cliff Creek Coffee, built for the trail. White Rock Performance Gear, built tough, priced right, ready when you are. Welcome to the first Antler Archive podcast with Dylan. And Craig. We're going to start this off with a couple intro podcasts here. The first one's going to be uh, Craig. We're going to intro Craig and see how he got into hunting and uh, everything that he does. And then the next episode will be me. So I got a few questions for Craig and we'll get on with it. So first off, I guess uh should do a little intro on yourself. So tell the viewers what you're all about, where you're from, the good stuff. That's well. Some of the, some of it's R-rated though, so we don't want to delve into that. No, I uh, I'm originally from BC. Um, I came, I moved to Alberta in 2009. Um, I guess the the background to me, I was on the fire department for 17 years, and now I now I work for an oil and gas company uh, full time, doing their their industrial safety and coordination training and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm in the field and in the office, in the office more than I want to be, but uh, yeah, I, I guess my, my, my life is all focused around safety and emergency management. So. So how'd you get introduced to hunting? Oh man, I, uh, I got into it when I was about eight years old uh, and it started with your, your typical go for hunting out with dad and it kind of progressed into chasing mule deer back in BC uh, and it's kind of evolved from that into now that's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, can hear you there. I don't know. It's one of those things you, you pick it up and you like it and you, you either you don't or you do and just based on where I was living and what I was doing it's one of those things that you're doing it or you're not right and I let it go for two or three years where I didn't buy a tag I didn't hunt at all I was I was so busy focused on you know everyday life and then uh, I don't know I just picked it back up and I went off to the races yeah, that sounds a lot like me too. We're not so, talking uh, about you though. I know. I got to save that one for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, how old were you when you shot your first animal? My first big game animal? Yeah, I go with big game. Actually, let's go with small game first because that's where everybody kind of gets started out. Well, I shot my first gopher when I was eight and then. Uh, I cried when when my dog ate a grouse, so it kind of kind of turned me off it for a bit. I was a little too young, I think. Um, but yeah, it, it grew from from shooting gophers. Uh, I shot my first bear when I was sixteen. I shot my first whitetail when I was uh, fifteen, I think. Uh, my first muley was when I was seventeen, and moose I think was seventeen as well. Were those all with rifle or did you get one with a bow too? 
Yeah, all all with rifle. Honestly, I didn't start. I didn't pick up a bow until, oh man, um, maybe ten years ago. Uh, and I was in and out of the bow hunting. I tried it, and it's one of those things. Like if like we were talking yesterday about grabbing a guitar, and if you're not a professional by the first week, you don't want to play that guitar anymore. Uh, and I tried bow hunting for our bow season, and I wasn't successful. I got I got frustrated. And it was, uh, I should be good at this by now kind of thing without actually knowing the background and the, and the legwork that goes into the preparation actually for, for bow hunting. Eh? And um, yeah, I, for, for lack of a better term, I shit the bed and I picked up the rifle again. And I was in and out of the bow for, I don't know, 10 years. And I bought a bow, I sold a bow, I bought a bow, sold a bow, and kept going back to rifle. And finally, uh, last season, I or the year, the year before, I said, screw it, I'm buying a bow. And if I don't get anything with the bow, then I don't fill a tag this year. So, and that's kind of been my mentality since. Nice. That's a, it's a frustrating adventure, that's for sure. Yeah. So... What was your most memorable of your first? Which one most... uh, brings back the best story? Oh, the best story. Um, probably would have to be my first whitetail. Um, I was with my, my dad at the time and we were truck hunting like a lot of people do. And that's, that's how I got brought into hunting was truck hunting. There was no hiking. There was no backpack hunts or anything like that. And uh, yeah, we, we saw a deer and I went for it and I emptied a clip. I was so nervous. I scoped myself. I shot a fence post. Um, I hit a tree and then I finally hit the deer on, on number four because he, he ran quartering away after the first shot. And I, I missed by so much that I think he was confused what actually happened. And he stopped, so I had a chance at it again. And he ran away and then he quartered across the field and I tried to shoot him running and I'm pretty sure I shot 35 feet behind him. Um, and then he stopped and I got him on the fourth shot. But that was, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those, I was 15, right? And it was one of those by that time, after the third shot, I was pissed off and I wasn't quitting until he was on the ground and I was getting ready to grab the box ammo to reload my clip to keep going because I wasn't, I wasn't stopping. I could just imagine what your dad was thinking in there. Oh, he was, he was in the process of re <laughs> reaching across the, the, the tree line towards me to stop me from reloading my clip and say just just stop while you're ahead and I got him on the fourth shot and he's like oh well I, I guess that happened but yeah it uh out, out of my first four big game animals that's probably the one that has the better story yeah that could be that could be exciting I've been on a couple hunts like that um so how did you fully get introduced into archery I don't know. Um, I guess being in tune with social media with 
because uh, I I was guiding, so I was on social media all the time, always uploading photos and and doing photos for a couple outfitters as well. So I was on social media lots and seeing everybody shoot stuff with guns is great. And I don't, I'm not against it at all, but seeing the guys that are super successful with archery equipment just kind of made me realize that if they can do it, I can do it kind of thing, that, that sort of mentality. And around here, all our big deer are typically in the bow zone. Um, otherwise you got to travel for big deer. Like, like, you know, like your, your deer population is few and far between for big deer, just oh, based on everybody with a gun that can go out and shoot them. So having that ability and knowing that if I go out with, with my rifle, maybe not this weekend, but by the end of the season, I'm going to shoot a deer. It's kind of takes the fun out of it almost like I'm not, I'm not bragging, but, I've shot enough deer with a rifle that the, the enjoyment and excitement isn't there because I feel like I, I wasn't having to put in the legwork for spotting, scouting, setting up cameras, setting up tree stands, doing that whole process four months before the season started. And rifle hunting, I can only hunt in November to, to the, the beginning to the end of November. So it, kind of limited me what I could do and I didn't have that extra two months to hunt where now that I'm bow hunting I can hunt three months straight if I want yeah that makes sense I definitely know where you're coming from on that one you just get that uh, security blanket almost when you're out with the rifle thinking oh yeah I can almost take any shot that's presented to me yeah pretty much and I shot a deer in uh the last rifle deer I shot was in 2018, 2018, 2018, and I shot him at 500 yards. So it's one of those, the last two deer I've shot have been in under 30 uh, with my bow. And the excitement level that that brings of the, the deer I shot last year, I watched him for 45 minutes feed towards me before I pulled the shot off at 30. So having that extra time with the animal means a whole lot more to me um and, and again like shooting 500 yards if you're comfortable at that range it takes the the rush out of it almost yeah. you know what i mean yeah definitely i actually had a conversation with my grandpa about that today yeah but that's for another story so what's your favorite animal to hunt Whitetail for sure. Yeah, there's there's not much more that gets me going than uh, than whitetail. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I like mule deer and I like moose. And a moose with my bow is right up here on the bucket list. But I don't know. There's something about a big whitetail and and having a history with it or seeing seeing them all the time up close and personal and not taking the shot there was uh i think i was talking to you about it a while ago one night i sat in a tree stand and my target buck for next year actually crested the hillside and we were 50 yards apart but i had already taken my tag that year or for this year and uh i watched him for a, a solid hour just feeding the field and we hung out and it was, I don't know, it was a cool experience. 
Yeah, definitely. I love those experiences where you can just hang out with the, with the animals. Yeah. What is it about the whitetail that makes it your favorite? You know, I've, I've asked myself that so many times, like why, why do I live and breathe whitetail? And I honestly, I don't, I don't really have much of an answer. Yeah, like um, mo most guys are usually, they love mule deer for like the spot and stalk, like you see yeah. with, Kyle, with Kyle doing, or they yeah. love elk because they're so vocal. And when you get close, they're just screaming at you. And then you get those diehard whitetail guys and nobody's actually gave me a solid answer on why they like whitetail. I know why I love whitetail, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Besides, besides the fact they're tasty. Um, no, they're, they're cool. Watching, uh, watching the deer I shot last year, come over the hill and watching them for 45 minutes was like, it was unreal. I got, I got to watch his movements, his patterns, the way he moved his head when he heard sounds, the way his ears moved, uh, not to mention the antlers on his head. I mean, that's a bonus, right? But, um, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. It's something, something that's bugged me for a long time. Like why, why am I so focused on whitetail? There's mule deer around here. There's moose around here. But if I could hunt whitetail every day, I would. Without, I without a question. I think it's one of those things that it's just, they're so hard to kill a, a big mature buck every year. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's like the ultimate chess game. Yeah. You think you finally haven't figured out and then they throw you a curveball. Well, it's like it's like the deer I shot this year. Uh, and I did a I did a podcast with John McCurdy and I kinda kinda laid it out. But this year's deer was a three year chase and the deer I shot last year just happened to be at my tree stand the day I was out and he was my second backup buck. And I was like, if he comes out, I'm going to take him. If Ghost comes out, Ghost's the one I shot this year. Um, if he comes out, I'm going to take him first. But Snoop, the one I shot last year, came out. And and it is what it is. This year was a three-year hunt with with Ghost. And it's something that I, I never would have thought would have happened the way it did. Um, but yeah, like there's such a majestic animal when they're big and mature and i've got nothing but respect for a deer that's lasted that long and you build that relationship with them too like you look at them on trail cameras you follow their oh. patterns you see them when you're when you're scouting yeah you get those close encounters with them like i i got uh one trail camera photo of ghosts this year uh last year i had 12 the year before that i had eight and Looking at the cameras this year, I, I was actually going through my, my cards here uh, two nights ago, and I didn't even realize it, but I have 40 pictures of ghosts this year, and everywhere from um, January, February, March, June, everything from June up to August when he disappeared off all my cameras altogether, but over 40 pictures and I and I had no idea and the only way I can distinguish it is he has two rips in his left ear and that's the only way I knew it was actually him 
And it's, it took me until yesterday to realize that, hey, I actually have, I, I have more intel on this deer than I ever would have thought I had. Yeah, it's, uh, when you start looking at those physical features and then you're like, whoa, I actually have uh, more pictures than I thought. Like that buck I sent you today that walked by my camera and yeah. we're both going through pictures trying to figure out if he's a regular or not. And yeah, well, when you when you spend so much time talking to one other guy and you're sending pictures back and forth every day, it's like you have you have a background of, of photos, and I've got a folder of photos of your deer that I'm never going to see. Uh, and it's like, well, no, I've seen that one before. No, I've seen no, that's a new one. Never seen that guy. Yeah. Like, oh, look definitely. for what did what did what did I say on that buck this morning? I was like, oh yeah, I was like look for look for a buck with a tall G three and looking through all the photos we've sent back and forth there's no buck with with that tall of a g3 there's so, none no he's a, a completely brand new deer in a super massive vast area oh and yeah I like it, i'm sure crazy. nobody nobody on here knows where you hunt or every everybody down here knows where i hunt but like the area you hunt is so big and you have close to what 25 different bucks on that camera Oh yeah, it's easily 25. Like it's crazy. Even now, I'm seeing bucks go by there that didn't go by in the rut. Yeah. It's uh, they're interesting animals, that's for sure. So, anyways, what if you could pick one dream hunt that you could go on in say the next five years? What would that hunt be? Yukon moose. Yukon moose. Yeah. Hands, <laughs> hands down, that has been my my goal dream hunt since I was. Oh, man. I seen a picture of a Yukon bull in, in an outdoor life magazine, I think probably when I was 11. And since then, all through high school, all through elementary school, anytime I had access to the internet, I was googling the cabela's catalogs i had cabela's catalogs and i had my my backpack horseback hunt list of equipment all laid out and it was when i go hunting this is what i'm going to need and i had a budget i had everything priced out and then i don't know i think i i got my first tv and my first dvd player or vh no i had a vhs player and uh i was watching a jim shockey Yukon moose video and it was moose after moose after moose and I was like one day I'm going to the Yukon and I'm going to hunt a big bull and it's been a not realistic goal for 25 years. That sounds exactly like my childhood sitting there watching VHS <laughs> with my grandpa moose hunting. Yeah. Yeah Jim Shockey was the guy to watch back then. Oh well, he, he, was, he was one of the only guys that had copious amounts of um consistent footage like at one point dylan and i had every single one of jim chalk's videos and moose every, too yeah every, everybody was always deer and turkeys and yeah. i'm pretty sure jim Shockey was the first guy to actually bring in the other big game animals like moose caribou mule deer bears yeah yeah yeah, Yukon moose is uh, it's very high up there on my list as well. How can it not be? 
we'll make it happen. Well, I mean, when you have moose as big as a Yukon moose or I hunt, it's... Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> You've seen some of those pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next send, year. Send it my way. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. That's what I've been saying, like, for 20 years. Next year, I'm going to do it. Next year, I'm going to do it. Yeah, no. Yeah, you'll get up here next year. <laughs> Whether it's elk or moose. If the elk aren't going that good, then we'll go. I got a couple of spots for moose to put you. Good. I've seen some of the pictures, and I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. So, you're an avid bow hunter. What's your bow setup? What are you shooting? Well, um, right now I got a Hoyt Defiant Carbon. Um, it's a used bow because I was shooting a Hoyt Power Max and I was a complete dumbass and dry fired it because I didn't have an arrow knocked all the way. So I blew it up. So my, uh, my Carbon Defiant is my new, new to me bow for this year and will be eventually upgrading to a Ventum but that's to be determined as to when, but it's going to happen. It's right up there with Yukon Moose. <laughs> that's your dream bow, and that's what you're going to get whenever you can get it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I don't know if it's this year or in five years from now when they when they discontinue Ventums and they sell them for 500 bucks each, but uh, yeah, it's going to happen. You, you hear how often I talk about Ventum, so one day, buddy, it's happening. One day. I just don't know when. You just gotta wait for those guys buying the brand new ones coming out, and then they sell their their year old bows for nothing. Yeah, there's there, man, there's tons, there's tons of them out there right now. Uh, but everybody is short uh, and has a small drawling, and nobody has the right bow. Yeah, that's true. When you have a longer draw length, it's hard to find the right one. Yeah, like I've got both my bows that I have now are thirty inch draws, um, but I shoot twenty nine and three quarter draw so 30 is kind of it's too short man i gotta adjust i gotta elongate my d loop and uh release part of my wrist strap so it's looser and it's twisted out so i have an extra inch which sucks because i never get a consistent draw because everything's always moving so having having that bow that's got uh the ventum goes to 31 for sure. I think 33 is a max on the Ventum Pro. So having that extra inch, inch and a half is huge. Oh, definitely. I know when I used to shoot my old bow, I was at 28 and the guy I go to that works on my bows, he convinced me to go to 28 and a half and then I yeah. could shorten my, my wrist strap right up. Yeah. Like and even if my, even if my wrist straps tight, I still have to coil it all the way up. Yeah, see, mine's like coiled all the way in. Like it, yeah. I hold my hand flat, and it's even with my knuckles, pretty much. And no, <laughs> just the grouping, I notice switching that little bit when you have your draw length right. Well, yeah, like I, I shoot. If I'm consistent, like if I have everything dialed, and I'm, I'm out for a night, and I'm shooting whatever thirty arrows or something. If I'm consistent, I'm shooting a two, three inch group, which is, which is good, but I'd love to be able to tighten it up. And the only way I can do that is with having a longer draw. Yeah, so, having the right bow set up. Yeah, yeah. What else you got on your bow? Um, I got a 
Trophy Ridge eight inch twist stabilizer, um, black gold verdict descent, three pin fixed, three pin sliding sight. Yeah. What are you shooting for arrows and broadheads? Bro broadheads right now is a tough call because I'm 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 in the middle of debating what I'm switching to. But right now I'm shooting a G5 Montec. Um, I've been shooting it for years. It's awesome. I've never not had a full pass through, but the blood trails suck. There is there is nothing for 50 yards minimum. And even on the deer I shot last year, uh, he ran 19 yards and he started bleeding at 18. And it was a super low, low in the brisket, clipped the bottom of his left lung or his or his right lung, sorry and his heart and like nothing. There was no blood anywhere. And Ghost this year, I shot him at 15 yards. He ran 35, there was nothing. Like when he, when I found him, he was uh, laying exit side up and there was like a little bit of blood pulled on the exit. He hadn't even started dripping yet. So, I'm, I'm looking at a few options uh, to what I'm going to switch to. I just don't know what yet. But uh, for arrows, I'm shooting an Arachnid Huntsman 250 spine. Nice. What are you thinking of for broadheads? What are your options? Well, I kind, I'm kind of sold on G5. It's just... I don't know. You know, when you, you know, when you find one brand, it's like, I'm sticking to that brand. I don't want to shoot anything else. It's like me with whites, right? Yeah, um, definitely. There's, there's tons of different bows on the market, but it's ingrained in my head that white is the be all end all. Um, you can talk about Matthews all you want and talk about switching me into a Matthews, but I'd rather die in a cold snowbank. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm torn with, uh, switching to an M3 just to see how it cuts. But it's kind of the same as, as the Montec. There's not much difference. It's the M3 is a solid fill blade and the Montec is the open, open uh, blade. But I'm also thinking about um, like the, uh, the meat eater blades, the mechanical ones with the two inch cuts. Just, just to try, I've, I got, I've heard lots of horror stories about mechanicals, but the blood trail is kind of what I'm leaning towards. And I used to shoot a mechanical and it was crazy. The blood trail, I shot my big velvet buck with a mechanical and the blood trail is just like you could take a bucket of red paint and just dump it. See, that's, that's what I want. Cause that deer I shot this year, man, I shot him at 15 yards and I thought he went, when he exited the trail, I, I could have sworn he went right. But from where I shot him to where he exited was about 10 yards. And I must have walked that. I shot him 25 minutes to legal light. And I walked every inch of that trail five or six times. And there wasn't a freaking drop of blood except for where the arrow landed on the ground. And even, even that, there was hardly any, any blood on it. And it took me an hour and a half to find him because I was searching everywhere to the right because I had it in my head that that's where he went. And he just went, he went out of the trail and went left 
went down the hill and was laying on like behind a hay bale, I never thought to even look. So when I got my truck, I drove around and I walked back towards the trail and there's nothing. So like, and I've, I've heard tons of bad stories about those specific heads, but I mean, I never took it for, for what it was. I just, you know what, maybe it's, maybe it's a shooter or whatever, but this is uh, well, the, the third deer now that I've had no blood on nothing. Like, exactly. You hear those stories and you just think, Oh, I've had good luck with it so far. Like you said, it could be the shooter. Yeah. It could just be that one head. You don't, realize it until you're actually in the in that situation like hmm, maybe it is something connected to this not yeah necessarily. it's not one of those it's not one of those like the uh the head doesn't work or the arrow doesn't work because like three three deer in a row i've had pure pastors with the same broadhead they work oh, and, they, and they work definitely like how many people yeah. you know with the g5 montec that they get every animal thereafter every year. Yeah. And that's their only broadhead they use. Yeah. They're definitely proven that they work. Oh, for sure. Yeah, mechanicals are, they're nice. They fly really good. Uh, the ones I use were really good. I like them. The only reason I switched back to fixed blades is just that thought in the back of your head when you're bow hunting moose and elk. Yeah. want to know that everything's gonna work properly there's no moving parts well i was looking at the uh the annihilator broadheads they're super tiny but the damage they do is incredible for their size yeah they look pretty good i've seen a few uh pictures and heard some few some reviews on them and they sound pretty good yeah like they they hit they go through bone one guy um, one guy shot an elk through the shoulder blade, through the actual scapula, and it went through and through a rib on the other side and it pure passed through. <laughs> and you shoot any other broadhead against the shoulder blade, it's not going through. Yeah. I think I got a buddy that shot a elk this year with a Valkyrie and he crushed right through the shoulder blade too. Crazy. Yeah, those heavy heads. Well, they're heavy and they're, the, the Valkyries are heavy and long. Yeah, they are that's deadly. That's sharp. Made two and a half inches long, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. They, uh, we had an incident out hunting this year where one fell out of a quiver and got Buddy in the leg. And it went in a good inch, inch and a half into his leg. Really? And he, he got lucky where it hit. All it did is just got meat. Yeah, but uh, he had a nice, perfectly star cut on him. We had we had to make a trip into the hospital, and he got some stitches. And then we we're right back out there the next day. He said he just felt a little poke, and he thought it was a stick that you get when you walk through the bush. Really? He was about he was about to push through it, and uh, when he went to move his leg, he felt it pull on his leg. He's like, that doesn't feel like a stick, so he look down and there's a broadhead and an arrow in his leg. Jesus. It was uh, it was a good well, a bad situation went good. He ended up walking out of there no problem. It's a shitty story when you gotta go to the hospital and say you stabbed yourself through an arrow. It is, yeah. 
Yeah. It could have been a lot worse though. Could have been like Corey and uh, Donnie and their buddy down in Oregon where they had to carry that guy out of there. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that was a that was crazy. Yeah. Huge pass. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's about it for all the questions that I got. Good deal. So that's been about fifty minutes there. That's not bad. Yeah, we're gonna try and keep these episodes around the forty-five minute to an hour twenty-minute mark. Yeah. Not keep you guys going too long, but they're perfect driving, listening to a podcast in a chuck length. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully the first couple aren't too boring. I mean, listening to me chat about myself isn't overly thrilling. Um, kind of uh kind of more interrogatory interrogatory whatever um interview like as we get going on with these they're gonna get uh a little bit more more interesting we've got quite a lineup of pretty solid guys uh that are gonna come on board and chat with us about anything you name it and as things get going uh feel free to drop a comment and you want to hear something specific let us know yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fun getting this going these first couple are more learning curves so getting <laughs> well that. it took us an hour and a half to figure out how to use fucking zoom so <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun journey so we're gonna try and get one out every two weeks depending on schedules as long as everything lines up yeah and so you guys don't have a big gap in between podcasts and hopefully you guys enjoy it until then we'll see you guys on the next one thanks again for listening to the antler archives brought to you by cliff creek coffee white rock performance gear wapiti river outdoors and monster attraction minerals